Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. From the Gert Boyle studio at OPB, this is Think Out Loud. I'm Dave Miller. For more than 100 years, all the members of Portland's city council have been elected citywide. That is about to change since voters passed a major overhaul to the city charter in November. The Volunteer Independent District Commission recently released three maps with different options for how these new districts will be drawn. I'm joined now by the two co-chairs of the commission. Josh Laurenti is Policy and Advocacy Manager for OPAL. It's a nonprofit that focuses on transportation equity. And Dwayne Judd is a community activist and a self-described reformed corporate finance professional. Dwayne and Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Uh, Josh, first, what's at stake in this? I mean, why does it matter how these maps are drawn? Well, at the root of this is representation, right? If we want a city hall that works for Portland, we need a city council that better represents the people of Portland. Uh, Communities know best what issues they face and what their needs are. And so the process of creating districts, the first in Portland's history, will create the opportunity to uplift local leadership and local issues to city hall. And, you know, this is this is meant to improve not only representation in city government, but also it's an investment really in the civic health of our communities, uh, particularly for those who have not traditionally had a voice in city government. Dwayne, can you just remind us what voters approve in terms of the change uh, going from four at-large members uh, and and a fifth member of council, the mayor, to to what? What's what's the new system going to be in terms of the council? Yeah, so the new system includes um, the four voting districts, which the Independent District Commission uh, is tasked to, to define uh, with community engagement, uh, as well as moving from uh, the moving to, to 12 city council people with uh, three elected within each one of those districts through a ranked voting process. All right. So that's the, the new system going from a, a five member city council for commissioners and the mayor to 12 um, with four districts and three people selected from each of those districts. Josh, what were the parameters that, that you were given by voters in this charter change in terms of what had to be taken account, uh, taken into account in the crafting of these maps? So the starting point for the work of the Independent District Commission, the IDC, is the voter-approved charter amendments uh, that Portlanders supported in the November election of last year. So we are required through that charter to make sure that the district plan that we adopt in in, in August – we have to make sure that those districts are drawn to be contiguous and compact, meaning all the pieces are touching. Um, They have to use existing geographic or political boundaries. We have to make sure we're not dividing communities of common interest. Uh, the, The districts have to be connected by transportation links and be of substantially equal population. Uh, Moreover, these maps cannot be drawn in any way to favor any political party, incumbent, or other elected official, nor can they dilute the voting strength of any language or ethnic minority group. So that is the slate of criteria, of district criteria, that voters approved um, through the charter reform ballot measure last November. 
Duane, one of those is um, not dividing communities of common interest. What is a community of common interest? It's a great question. That's the question that we're trying to define. Um, you know, that's the, really the, the crux of the work that the IDC Independent District Commission uh, is set up to do. If you think about the, the the task of drawing a map, well, that's geo-based, and there's some uh, there's some information that can help us do that using the criteria that um, Josh has highlighted. But the challenge is how are communities relating to one another, and how far out does that uh, relationship, that alignment extend currently? Um, And that's really the mapping process that we're attempting to do via community engagement. We're listening for uh, how communities not only to see themselves, but more importantly, how do they see their neighboring communities? Uh, And who do they see their uh, interests most aligned with? And how do they define those interests? That's the task uh, that we're going through in the month of July. uh, And we're still engaged um, in that process as we come up to the end of July. We're going to take that back into, into August to help us pull together a final map. There are so many ways to think about what connects us or potentially what divides us in in terms of race, uh, class, money, um, a river, a highway, um, language, country of origin, um, and on and on. I'm curious for both of you, but maybe Duane, to stick with you first, you can you can take a stab at this. What have you seen as the biggest challenges in in crafting these maps as you think about keeping people together who who should be together in terms of representation and voting? Yeah, I'll add another layer of, of challenge into that. Uh, in that Portland is one of the whitest cities in the, in the U.S. And so what does all of that mean in that context as well, right? And so there are some um, historical challenges that I think when the Charter Commission came together, they understood that this was an opportunity uh, to, to, to transform uh, the city of Portland and how it manages itself and the, how it represents its community members uh, in a profound way. They also understood with this first wave that it would not be perfect because of these this historical trauma that persists within the community. So, um, and one of the things that the IDC has been focused on is centering on those voices of that have not been traditionally represented in city decision making. So, uh, how do you pull together community members who have not been uh, engaged in civic? Uh, political life previously because they have been so wounded. Uh, how do you then define or, or so because even after you draw these lines, you're still left with a situation where if the majority of the population voting population remains the same as it has been, well, you're still not getting to those historically underrepresented voices. This is the challenge, not just for the IDC, it's the challenge for the uh, the, the, the government trans, uh, tr- transition office, who will continue their work on uh, through the November 2020-24 election. It is the role and responsibility of neighborhood associations and organizations 
to ensure that they are working to galvanize and to listen to those voices uh, as they come to not just give us feedback, but also to, once the lines are drawn, to begin to mobilize and engage community members uh, for the November 2024 election. The test of, the, of our ability to be transformational in this work really will show itself in the types of candidates uh, that are come forth for the November 2024th election and the type of voters that show up during that same electoral, electoral process. What do you mean by that? I, I, I mean, specifically, um, mm-hmm. what is the test you're talking about? I mean, what, what would it take in terms of candidates or electorate for you to say, we did our job well? Right. So we, we understand that the voting, as, as we look at these districts, for example, the, um, the representation of, of uh, the, the percent of ethnic minorities in uh, a couple of these districts will not be higher than, let's call it 3%. In some cases, it may be as high, in, in one or two of the districts, it might reach as high as 12 to 15%. So if that is the case, now that's just the sort of the, 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 the demographics. That's not the voting age population. We understand that the voting age population and those who are actually engaging in that voter, um, uh, those ethnic minorities who are voting, who are voting that uh, number will actually be smaller, right? Because so, of the demographics and because the number of young people among communities of color, say in, in parts of East Portland, for example. Exactly, exactly. Right. So, for example, if you talk about East Portland, well, the 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 largest right now engaged voting population are white citizens above the age of 55. And so even though you have now created a district such that they may be able to elect candidates specifically to represent the communities uh, of of Far East Portland, if we don't engage with those community members out there uh, that are of color and increase their voting, well, um, how, how have we really changed representation and accountability? That becomes a question for the communities. Josh Laurenti, did the fact that there are going to be three representatives, three commissioners from each of these districts, has that affected the way you've thought about your job? Well, you know, when we went into these public hearings, that that is the sort of line of questioning that we took out to community. You know, we asked folks, you know, how do you want to be represented? You know, who do you consider your community of common interest? How would you all like to be represented? And when you look at the three draft maps that we've um, released for consideration and reflection and and feedback, you know, what of these common themes is resonating with your values or your priorities for the city? um, And what differences between these maps feel most impactful in terms of how you want to be engaging with your elected representatives at City Hall? So, you know, the voices of community have really guided us from the start of this process. And it is the job and the challenge of the IDC to take that community input 
and take the data that is available to us and try to find consensus around a district plan that is going to best represent communities all across the city. I should just remind folks, first of all, if you're just tuning in, that we are talking right now about the the way that new districts will be drawn for seats on Portland City Council. We're talking um, to the two co-chairs of the Independent District Commission that has been in charge of this process. There are now three finalists, three maps um, that they're going to be choosing from. And if at least nine members of this 13-person volunteer commission agree, that'll be the map. If fewer than nine people agree, then it goes to the city council. Josh, one of the things that is striking to me is just how similar the three finalists are. There are differences here and there, but they all keep the entire west side intact. They all have an inner north and northeast district, an inner southeast one, and then an east Portland one that has a boundary line around Interstate 205. Do you have a personal favorite among these three different finalists? That is a great question. And I would clarify first that, you know, these are three draft maps that we released with the intention of prompting reaction, reflection and feedback from the community members. The Independent District Commission has not reached a final conclusion on what the final map will look like. It could be one of these three maps. It could be one of these maps with some slight edits. Uh, It could be a combination of these maps or it could be us going back to the drawing board. Um, So, you know, that's one thing that I would want to make clear uh, to folks as we are still accepting public comment uh, through Saturday, July 22nd. Um, So we are still welcoming um, communities to engage with the IDC and uplift how you want your communities represented on these maps. Um, And to answer your question about a favorite map, um, I do not have a personal favorite map. I do think that the themes that these maps share in common are are, are quite strong and, and and I think enjoy a little bit of con- consensus, but you know no final conclusions have have been made. And when we the ID, the IDC come back together in August, uh, we're going to have to synthesize the input that we've received uh, through these public hearings, in addition to the feedback that we've received throughout this process as well. So um, there's a lot left to deliberate on. Dwayne Judd, am I reading too much into this to to see that given the similarities in these three uh, maps that have been released to the public, that it's unlikely that uh, the final map is going to be wildly different than any of these three? I, uh, yeah, it's a great question. So I think one of the things that, that Josh was, uh, was, was getting to is that the formation of these maps was actually built upon already a lot of... Um, uh, community sentiment and community feedback. Uh, in addition, it was built upon um, commissioners taking the time to work with mapping tools and various data sets uh, to kind of build out uh, maps and then come together uh, in the month of June to sort of say, okay, what are the common themes here? And so what you see in these three drafts is the aggregation of the most common themes, and then the, the presentation of where there is distinction, right? And so that was the work that was done to lead up to creating these drafts map, draft maps. And so the, the reason why they're so similar is because the themes that we got, that we got back from the public sentiment uh, and the building of the data sets led us to these these three similar similar maps. And again, uh, keeping in mind that these maps 
have to fit the requirements that Josh talked about earlier. And so that's why they they, they look the way they look. Now, um, how how much could they deviate? I think they, the, the three different maps give you a sense of how much they can deviate. And what we're looking at now, like I think this this um, going through the month of July with the community engagement has given, given us a great deal of insight on where the, the disconnects still lie in terms of the mapping of those relationships that I talked about earlier in terms of how does uh, Selwood, Eastmoreland, Westmoreland, how does it see itself in relationship to the Eastern communities versus in relationship to the West community? Right. That's, that is one of the biggest questions. Is it a part of the West Side District or is it part of the Central East Side District? Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, same thing for the, the Buckman community uh, as represented uh, on, a, on a couple of those maps. And so it is uh, those areas of and, and, and the reason why we that this this has become uh, a theme that needed to be uh, taken to the community is because the West Side, just purely from a numbers basis, uh, does not fit because of the way the river cuts off that landscape to the west and the number of folks that are living there, before you get into a data set and discussion around the demographics, just purely in terms of headcount, it's shy of about 20,000 individuals to make it balance out and keep it whole as, as a single entity. So somebody so, on the other side of the river has to be a part of the, 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 the West Side District. And the question is, where does that boundary go? I, I don't want to get too deep into the, the nitty gritty of that. That's obviously the, the work of the commission in the coming weeks. But I'm just curious in, in the bigger picture again, and I'd love to get both of your thoughts on this, but, but Josh first... Has doing this work changed the way you think about Portland? You know, I would say it hasn't changed the way I think about Portland, but it has certainly deepened my understanding and my learning of the just the diversity of communities all across this city. Um, engaging in this districting process and having all these different data sets available to us to um, look at and map onto different districts and, and and things like that. Through this districting process, you really do learn a lot about your city and the folks that you are in community with. So um, I, I would say that this districting process has really helped me learn uh, like what communities of common interest are out there in, in, in our communities. So I've, I've definitely learned a lot. And Dwayne Judd, what about you? It's definitely changed my perception of Portland. Uh, you know, I don't think you could go through this process with the, the the level of community engagement and contact that we've had with individual community members, hearing their stories, uh, again, as individuals and also as a collective, understanding how they are feel like this will change or impact um, their uh, participation in community. Hearing this the uh, this inaugural step into uh, defining these geographic districts uh, for the first time and understanding the magnitude of that and the weightedness of that and understanding that there's a lot more work to be done. Yes, it, it definitely has changed my perception of Portland and where it could head. What the potential uh, for Portland and Portlanders could be, it's definitely changed that. And it's changed, I believe it's changing for the better. And Josh, briefly, do you think you're going to be able to... Um arrive at a map that at least nine members of the 13-person commission will agree on? I do. I do. 
I, I, I believe that, you know, it, I will say we have been well advised from the start of this process that there wasn't going to be a perfect map. And having worked with my fellow commissioners these last few months, I can say that if there was a perfect map to be found, I do believe that this is the group of people that would have been able to find it. Uh, you know, it has been such a tremendous honor to work alongside um, fellow Portlanders who care so much about this city. And I have every confidence that we will be able to fulfill the mandate that voters asked of us uh, through the charter reform process. Josh and Dwayne, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you. Josh Lorenti and Dwayne Judd are co-chairs of Portland's Independent District Commission.